You are now listening to the Photography Enthusiast Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Photography Enthusiast Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Daniel Lee, or Photos by DLWE. So this week, we're going to be talking about your interests in general, in life, and how it affects the photography genres, if at all. I'll sort of go into my interests and how it affects my genres that I shoot and see if you're the same as me. Also, just do some quick personal updates and go over some quick news topics as well. So to start off with the news. The first piece of news is that the highly anticipated Sony FE 35mm f1.4 G Master lens has been delayed indefinitely. So although it says delayed indefinitely, B in H, I believe it is, showing a release date in February 22nd or start shipping on that date. So I wouldn't call that delayed indefinitely, but apparently as a quote from Sony, which you can find in the article on Petapixel that I linked, regarding the above The release date was set to February 12, 2021 at the time of the press announcement on January 14th. Lens for digital single lens camera A mount or E mount FE 35mm f1.4. We have decided to postpone the release due to the production reasons. In addition, the release of the lens hood, blah, 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 will be postponed accordingly. We will inform you about the release date as soon as it is confirmed. It is interesting what those production issue reasons are, whether it is a supply shortage, which most people are believing because they did say they did have a supply shortage, especially with the PS5, I believe, taking up a lot of their production and they were prioritizing parts for that over parts for their cameras. But it's even more interesting if it's a production issue due to, you know, some element not working properly or the AF motor failing. Who knows what it is actually due to? It's like a half truth, you know, hey, we got a production issue, but We're not saying if it's a lack of parts or if it's due to like, you know, the thing failing. Obviously, we wouldn't probably get an answer on that either. So it's more just speculation, but it's good that they did announce it sooner than later. And it's the smart thing to do because if you simply just let it go, release the lens and it has an issue and it comes back, assuming it's like a, you know, say like an AF Moto error or something, that kind of thing, they're going to have to repair all these lenses, send them back or even write them off and send a new one which would end up cost them a lot more, even just for the shipping, if they take care of that, all the freight, you know, if you can hand it into the store you bought it from and they send it back, it's still going to cost money. So it's better off fixing it before the lens actually goes out. And I assume that hypothetically speaking, if it was just a supply shortage, they could still release a few at a time. Like first wave is very limited. Then the second wave is like a much larger one or something, or there's a delay between the first and second wave. They could do that and just say up front, there'll be, you know, big gap between shipments. That's what makes me think it's more of a parts issue that something in the lens, in the current production method is failing and it's not so much they can't get the parts for it. But hey, that's just my speculation. They don't say different. So who knows what it actually is. The second story is about the extra battery, which was a Kickstarter campaign may have been a scam. Now, I personally have never backed anything on Kickstarter. There's been a lot that have gone through and have become, you know, very popular. I can't remember the name of that tripod. There was one tripod that was done through a Kickstarter campaign. I completely forgot the name of the the brand now. It's quite a popular brand, but for example, them, a big brand. So I don't know why they'd never need to do it, but say Manfrotto did a Kickstarter thing or Canon did a Kickstarter thing. Because they're a big reputable company, you would generally know that they're going to come through with it. Whereas apparently back in November, you know, there's a thing about this 
new thing called the extra battery, which is meant to be, you know, a third party battery that you're able to use in your cameras. Apparently now that they've found this person may be fake, he's completely disappeared from the internet. And yeah, your money's likely gone if you did back it. This article is worth a read. And I do think it is worth being more cautious doing Kickstarters, especially if you're going to be putting in a decent amount of money as well. I know in this article, Petapixel has to sort of reiterate their position, their affiliation with this company to confirm that, hey, we're not part of this. We're not making money from this. You know, we didn't rip you off kind of thing. I don't think, say, a big brand, Petapixel, DP Review, anyone big like that, if they knew this was a scam, they would back it or promote it. Because even if they make a little bit of money off, you know, however much this campaign made, it wouldn't be worth the loss of reputation. And they pretty much kill their site by doing that. So I guess the moral of this story is really just be careful, not only what you publish, promoting stuff, especially if it's a Kickstarter kind of thing, but also be careful what you back with your money. Only back reputable stuff and reputable people that you know would not be sort of, you know, disappear with your money off to a boat, off to live in the Pokemon world, who knows where they went. So yeah. The final story and not sort of one that I would usually cover, but I found this interesting. So in a matter of two days in America, there was two incidents where photographers were robbed. So the first one was about a photographer in San Francisco traffic that lost $7,000 worth of camera gear. In the video, you can actually see the car sort of while they're stopped in traffic, the person pulls up and sort of goes to their boot and smashes it thing. So I'm not going to question the photographer. Like some, I know people attack them a lot in the comments about their behavior and that, but I don't think you should be blaming them in a way. There's one thing if someone, you know, leaves all their camera gear on the back seat, parks their car on the street and then walks into some store, walks away somewhere to get some food and it gets stolen from that. That is one thing, you know, then how can you really blame them? Whereas with this one, it's in the middle of traffic. The camera gear is in the boot or in the back seat or wherever it is. And they're stuck in traffic. So, you know, depending on how far you're willing to go, you could tech. I don't even know if they seen the person because they were very quick. But for me, you know, the only thing you can really do is if someone, you know, you can't go forward. There's no, no one behind them. Just reverse over them. If they're trying to smash your car, the second they smash that window, boom, you hit reverse. Do you think they're going to be able to get away? No. You know, you don't need to kill them or anything. I probably shouldn't be talking about this. But, you know, you just run over them a little bit, just reverse onto them a bit enough to push them down. And that way you could sort of, defend yourself and make sure they don't rob you and they are in the process of robbing you so it's more like self-defense as long as you don't you know keep running them over or something you just give them a little bump get them out of the way boom done your camera gear is safe they learn a lesson take their license plate down assuming it's not a stolen car and then boom report them but you know that's just my take on it everyone from looking here at the time of recording 181 people managed to share their opinion on it so i don't see the problem with me sharing my opinion on it and then it's more interesting a few days later Apparently some other robbers targeted people shooting in San Diego Park, wherever that is, I assume in San Diego. This time it was a lot worse because rather than them just getting away with the gear, which is obviously not a good thing, they ended up shooting one of the photographers, which is obviously not great. Apparently both men tried to resist the robbery and that's where one of them got shot and the lower abdomen. But it is good to hear they both survived. But I guess the moral of the story is that obviously different countries have different risks depending on where you are. For me, whenever I go in the public, I'm always wary of where I take out my camera gear. You know, a lot of people will use a no-name backpack for that very reason. And I actually technically do that myself. Rather than use a dedicated camera bag, I have like a just a plain super dry backpack. And I have a lower pro insert that I can put, you know, just my camera into. So I carry the normal backpack with that lower pro thing inside there. And that's my way of sort of, yeah, 
carrying my camera around without anyone knowing I'm actually carrying a camera. Keep in mind, when I walk anywhere, I tend to hold onto my camera, especially if I have it out on my strap. I won't let it just hang from my side. I'll actually have my hand on it as well. Because I've seen videos where, you know, a tourist is walking with their camera hanging around their neck or their waist. One person will come up, distract them from the side. So say I have my camera over my shoulder to my left. They'd have someone come up on your right side, distract you, like tap you, make a distraction. As soon as you're distracted, boom, pop the lens off and run. The videos I've seen of people doing this are morally like targeting older people. Generally, anyone like that is usually a coward. So they're not going to, you know, go after someone young or someone that can fight back. They'll generally go after someone older, you know, in those kind of situations. Obviously, when they got a gun and they robbed the person, it doesn't matter how young, how old you are, how tough you are. The person's got a gun, you know, there's only so much you can do. Otherwise, you know, that's it for the news. What we'll do is we'll get onto the main topic. Now, many of us have hobbies and interests outside of photography. This isn't purely what we do, what we live, what we breathe. Whether it's watching sports or playing sports, video games, cycling, you know, everyone has some different interests. For some people, these interests or hobbies are what get us into photography. And for others, they may not actually meet and may be completely separate. So what I want to discuss today is, do your interests actually match your photography genre of choice? I would dare to say that most people, you know, if they shoot a certain genre of photography, it's because they like that sort of thing they're shooting. So for example, I date, I doubt someone that hates animals and hates nature would be into like landscapes and bird photography. Or if someone that hates sports and has zero interest in them would be the world's top sports photographer. That's just me. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's what I would think. I think it's pretty easy to agree that when we first start photography, we tend to try all sorts of genres. We wouldn't just stick to just one thing. There's obviously an exception to every rule. And I'm sure there are people that would say, pick up their camera and they shoot nothing but portraits from day one. Whereas there's others that will try absolutely everything. For me personally, I think I actually in a way did the opposite. So when I first got my camera, I mainly just shot portraits and like street or cityscape. So when I say portraits, it wasn't like proper portraits. It's more just photos of me and my girlfriend. So I don't even know if you really want to count that. Aside from that, it was mainly just sort of night photography, especially like cityscape, street photography. My friends and I would just walk around the city every night taking photos, whether it be the city skyline or, you know, just general stuff as we see as we walk around at night. Over time, I felt very comfortable with cityscapes and I wanted a bit of a challenge. I wanted to try something different, learn something different. That's where I started to branch out into stuff like still life a lot more. These days when I do shoot cityscapes, I feel when I shoot them, I feel like it's what I know. It's what I really, really enjoy and what I feel most comfortable with. But I'm the type of person I do like to feel outside my comfort zone. And most people like to stay in it. Whereas for me, if something's not comfortable, I would tend to do it more just because, you know, I get bored if I do the same thing over and over again, except for food. Food will probably be the only exception. I can eat the same food every single day. Like no joke, I have pizza probably four or five times a week, every single week, day in, day out. As for any wrestling fans out there, I could be the champion, the 24-7, 7-Eleven, I-95 South pizza eating champion. If you get the reference, you'll get it. But yeah, I pretty much went and changed. These days, I've tried to go back and refine my shooting styles more, but the issue I have, I like to shoot as much as possible because generally the more you shoot, the better you get at your skill. And if I shoot less sort of stuff, then, you know, like sort of if I focus on just a few genres rather than shoot everything, I end up shooting less in general, which is what I personally don't like. I want to be able to shoot as much as possible. So that's why I try to separate it, you know, like cityscapes, 
and still life is what I take seriously and try to get the absolute best shots I can. Whereas for something like portraits or street, you know, like any other genre, I don't mind just doing, you know, for me, they wouldn't be subpar shots, but some others might consider them not more subpar and not something that's like award-winning kind of thing. For me, outside of photography, my main hobbies is pretty much gaming. I do exercise a bit, but I wouldn't consider that a hobby. I consider that a necessity to keep my heart healthy, to keep my waist at a more reasonable size, which to be honest, doesn't work with the amount of dessert I eat. But with video games, there's not too much you can photograph. You could technically do still life shots of like controllers, games. You could buy a whole bunch of props, recreate those game scenes and sort of thing. But to me, it's, you know, cost money. You have to either throw those items out after or keep them, which is a waste of money or space. You can do in-game screenshots for video games, but as I mentioned, those are not photography, so that wouldn't count either. There is cosplay, which you could do, you know, dressing up as people from Witcher, which a lot of people do, and the cosplay photos are great. I admire that, but for me, it's portraits, so I still sort of wouldn't be into it as much. Although it's not a hobby of mine, an interest of mine, I love cities. I just love walking around cities. I like the busyness, the loudness. I love how in a big, busy city, something is always going on. That's something that sort of made me lose interest in street photography a lot over the past years because of how quiet everything is. I find in quiet places, less is actually going on from day to day. Whereas if you visit a busy city, like, you know, say somewhere like Hong Kong, there's always something happening there. No matter which street you walk down, I'm sure you can find something interesting. Whereas here, you get streets that are just dead quiet. No one there, no one walking down the street. It's boring. So in that sense, my interest in street photography and the hobby of that does make sense. It does relate to my personal interests. But on the other side of things, not extensively, but I have tried, you know, down at the park, seeing people play basketball, trying to take a few shots of that. I actually really enjoyed it. Like for me personally, I'm not a sporty person. Aside from watching WWE, that's probably the only sport I do watch, but I don't play sports. I haven't since like, well, since I was like 18, probably. That's the guy that used to live a few houses down from me. Me and him, like, we would go down to our local um, primary school because they had basketball courts down there and we play down there. Sometimes other kids from the neighborhood would come down and play there as well. But otherwise, I'd never been the type to really go, you know, play sports all the time. Aside from him, he's probably the only one that, even if now, if we lived in the same state, same city, everything, still lived a few houses apart. I haven't played sports in that long. If he's like, hey, you want to go down and shoot some ball, kick soccer ball around? 100% I will go do it with him again. But I'm not the sporty type aside from WWE. <laughs> and I'm not going about to go Claymore kick or choke slam anyone. Although, you know, I wouldn't mind sometimes. But <laughs> if I was to able to do photography for WWE, I think that would be a dream come true. If I can ever get this podcast to the stage where I have enough sort of subscribers and listeners to, you know, convince people to come on the show to let me interview them, the photographer for WWE would be one of the people I would love to actually interview. So I'm going a bit off topic here, but oh well, it's my podcast, right? I don't know about you, but when I watch a TV show now, I look at like the perspective they shoot from and think, hey, what are they using? So for example, with WWE, when they had the Royal Rumble two weeks ago, I think it was now, a week ago or so, when each wrestler would make their way to the ring, I don't know what camera they were using, but they've started using something that can give them a very shallow depth of field. To me, it has a real medium format look on it. I see some people say like an 8K camera, but yeah, maybe shooting 8K, but it's the actual lens they're using, perspective. It does look very, very different. And when I watch TV shows, watch anything with video, I often look like, hey, what kind of lens, what kind of setup would they be using? Or if I see photos, for example, one time after one of the pay-per-views, 
if you're into photography, you, um, WWE know who I'm talking about, but it's photography related, I promise. But MVP, Bobby Lashley and Shelton Benjamin, they call themselves, these three guys call themselves the Hurt Business. After their match, they, you know, call the photographer over to take a photo of them, which is obviously a work. It's like set up, you know, but then the guy comes up to take the photo and they show it sort of on screen. And obviously they release these photos afterwards for everyone to see on WWE.com. Looking at that photo, I just love to look at that stuff and think, hmm, what did he shoot that with? Because looking at it, 100% I think it was with a 24mm. And just watching the show in general, I figure they must shoot JPEG because they'll post stuff to Twitter, post videos and just stills of certain moments straight after they happen, which I don't think they could edit quick enough because they pretty much do it instantly. So I assume the photographer must shoot tethered so that way they can upload it to Twitter, social media instantly, but who knows? This is the type of stuff I would love to interview someone like that for because I feel like that kind of stuff is more interesting. It needs a lot of attention. People will always interview the more famous people, whereas I want someone that's like lesser known, not so much less known, but that doesn't get the sort of attention or interest that they should. There's photographers I've interacted with over the year online, but their work is amazing. But you know, they're not like world famous, that kind of thing, or sponsored or famous YouTubers, so they get less attention, which I don't think is right. That's what I'd love to be able to do eventually is interview these kind of people and learn more about their art, learn more about their craft, why they do it, what their interests are in photography. So for example, the photographer for WWE, is he even into wrestling? Was he ever into wrestling or was it just a job? And has he gotten into wrestling after watching it? Because I know for me, what shooting sports would still be fun, even though I'm not really big on sports. It's basically the same thing as kind of like street photography. With street photography, you're looking for a moment and you're looking to tell a story through the lens. The same with sports, you know? So say, for example, because I watch WWE, it's easiest for me to relate to that, but you can sort of tell. The more you watch it, you know when a finish is going to come, you know? For example, one wrestler, Randy Orton, when he's about to do his finishing move, he'll start banging on the canvas and that. And then when the person finally stands up and turns around, boom, hits him with the RKO. Three most dangerous letters in WWE. Because of that, you know when to sort of get ready. If you're a fan of it, you could watch it. I see him like banging on that. I know he's going to about to do his finisher. Or even if it's a random one, you know, someone go for a clothesline, he duck underneath. As soon as they turn around, you know, often he's going to try hit the RKO. So boom, you can hit it like that. Same as a Claymore kick from Drew McIntyre. But I feel like I'm turning this into a wrestling podcast. But the whole basis of this is, for me, I feel like even if your interest you're not interested in something like sport or nature, you could still have fun shooting it because at the same time, you're just trying to capture moments. You're trying to tell a story. So the subject shouldn't matter as much as long as you are having fun doing it. For me, I find I have fun taking photos most of the time. The only time I personally do not have fun doing it is if it's work. No matter what I do, if I do something and it becomes work, then it becomes not fun for me. I don't enjoy work. That's why when most people say, oh, you know, if you love photography, you do as a job, but I don't love working. We work to live, not live to work. So I would rather have a job that, you know, I'm okay with. It's not the most fun thing in the world, but it's definitely not, I don't hate it. I like it. I enjoy it. But at the same time, I would rather be able to pick up my camera, go out, have fun, take photos and de-stress that way rather than turning my de-stress method into how I work and earn my money as well. So I hope I did this topic justice and I hope you enjoyed listening to this. If you agree with me or don't agree with me, let me know. I'd be very curious to hear. Reach out to me on Twitter or at thephotographyenthusiast.com. And in saying that as well, if you did have issues with my website over the past week or so, I apologize. I did change my hosting company from Bluehost to Dreamhost. I am not sponsored by either, but if you do have your own website and you are looking into getting one, I would recommend Dreamhost. You'll find Bluehost is highly recommended. 
by a lot of people, but that is mainly due to their program that they have for anyone, you know, like affiliate links, sponsors, that kind of stuff. Apparently they push that really hard. So that's why you'll see Bluehost recommended a lot. Although they generally these days don't offer the best performance for the money as well. But the website should be all up and running now. I think in my opinion, it loads a bit faster, but I would have to test on independent machines that aren't sashayed my website just to see. This new website does use SSDs rather than hard drives. So the read time would obviously be a lot faster. But if you have any questions, if you'd like to suggest topics, I will be putting that link in the notes once again. Anything you can suggest is highly appreciated. I won't be able to cover every topic. You know, if it's like camera versus camera, I likely won't be able to do it because renting is an option here. But if it's something more like, you know, these kind of topics, then I'd be happy to cover it. Any gear that I have owned, I'd be happy to discuss as well. But yeah, thank you very much for listening. Make sure to subscribe if you do enjoy this show. You can follow me on social media. For me personally, it's Photos by DLWE, my website, Photos by DLWE.com, or at Mr. Meowpus on Twitter, which is where I use. I don't use Instagram anymore. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your week and stay safe.